0: Hi, my good friends. Welcome to my podcast, Proclaiming Freedom. My name is Sadie Anderson. I'm so glad you're here. It's another great day to give glory to God, so that's what we're going to do. If you want to find more episodes or other resources on the topics I discuss, head over to my website, proclaiming-freedom.com. Okay, let's jump into it. Okay, and we're back. I believe that we are on the verge of the greatest rescue since the Jewish people who are slaves in Egypt being led out into freedom by the Lord. So with that in mind, I'm not going to go into it, but I have a different direction. Just keep that in mind. You may be recognizing patterns in your life. You pursue something maybe it's acceptance accomplishments whatever it is and it always ends in confusion or pain or brokenness i realized this pattern in many areas of my life and after observing the same cycle over and over again i come to a point where i decide that if god really has a better way then i want him to prove it i'll do it his way this time no matter how weird or backwards it seems no matter how perplexing to other people it is, no matter how uncomfortable it may feel. I'm not going through the cycle again. I want out and I'll follow God's lead. Some examples of patterns I've gone through this process to change would be how I think about myself, how I relate and connect with others, how I view God, how I navigate my expectations. You can observe any kind of pattern in your life and if there's a better way then the Lord wants to show you that. And this all boils down to desiring to think how God thinks and see the world how God sees the world. Romans 12:2 is the exact instruction that I'm discussing. It says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In another translation, the NLT, it says, don't copy in the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then I was, as I was looking at different Translations. I came across a new one that I'm not familiar with, but I really liked a subtle change in one of the words that brought an image to me. So that, that translation is the Aramaic Bible in plain English. And it says, And do not imitate this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your minds, and you shall distinguish what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I... I like that visual, the renovation of your mind. Instantly, I think of all the renovation shows on TV. At this point, there are hundreds of them. Everyone loves to watch a broken, outdated, and sometimes unlivable house transform into a shiny, functional home. And have you ever noticed the accommodations the owners make for the dysfunction in their house? They make comments like, oh, we can't run the dishwasher and shower at the same time, or the pipes will back up and flood, or we can't open this door because the foundation has shifted and it's jammed the door in the frame. This is exactly what the unhealthy pattern in our life is like, and if one was actually self-aware enough to verbalize it, it might sound like, I'm terrified of people not liking me, so I choose to do what I think people want from me, or I'm insecure about myself, so I try to distract people by constantly judging others, or here's a good one, I've been trying to get rid of in my life, I don't feel like I'm accepted or understood in church community, so I tell myself I don't need church community, and there's all these lovely excuses that we choose to live in dysfunction Because working through the hurts at the root of the unhealthy perspective seems impossible. So we continue to tell people and ourselves, don't open that window, it's broken. We avoid the issue and choose to live in dysfunction. If you're in this place aware of dysfunction and wanting to change but not sure how, hopefully this helps because it can be challenging to follow through in following God's new way. The enemy sows destruction to create dysfunction. And God is the one who heals, restores, and transforms us into the shiny, functional creation to bear the image of Christ. Before you can take any steps towards the new way of thinking and being, it's important to first recognize who and what you've been listening to that's not him. So that you can put yourself in a position to know you are hearing his voice during this process. And remember this, who we listen to and believe is who we give our attention to and ultimately is who we worship. And what we worship, we become like. Uh, Psalms 135, 15 through 18 says, the idols of the nations are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. Nor is there breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them, all as do all who trust in them. So my first point is free will to choose who you listen to and who you believe. How do we identify voices? We have to understand the character of the different voices to be able to discern. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 is a good place to think about what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. The Holy Spirit is coming from God, so then this is pieces of what God has. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Then John 10 14 through 16, Jesus is talking and says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in as well, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. So we have to consider, does the voice that you're listening to identify and align with the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus tells us that we can hear his voice and that those who listen to his voice will not be taken from him. He also explains that there are more sheep to be brought into the fold. This is an open invitation to follow Jesus and receive life from him. Any voice that doesn't align with God's character is most likely going to be from the enemy. And if the enemy was obvious about his objective which Jesus talks about in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in all its fullness. So if the enemy was obvious about steal, kill, and destroy, then it would be easy to rebuke and avoid his, him. But he uses deception, and this is why identifying the voices you're listening to is so important, and it's a skill to practice for the rest of your life. Does God's voice bring shame? Is God fear? Is God anxious? The enemy being the father of lies is going to use shame, fear, anxiousness, all these things that take our eyes off of God, put it either internally on ourselves or on a circumstance. So it's all meant to distract away from looking at God. Anxiety is a deception imagining the future without God in it. Shame is a deception, seeing yourself as the sin, inherently bad, not seeing yourself as the forgiven new creation in Christ. Depression is deception, remembering the past without God's redemptive power in it. And pride is deception, seeing yourself as elevated in comparison to others, not the child of God who needed redemption and is set free from the ways and comparisons of the world. Every one of these examples, I'm meaning that to bring awareness to the root perception. It's, it's not meant to be a one-second fix for anxiety or depression. I'm not trying to put guilt and say, all you have to do, you just get over it. These examples are meant to help recognize the angle that the enemy uses in a multitude of situations so that you can use your awareness to realign your perspective to the truth that God is always with you. And in those moments of fear of the future or sadness about the past, you can come to God and ask him, where are you working in my life to bring about a purposeful future that glorifies you? Or where were you in this situation because I don't see how there's hope after that happened? The dialogue is important. Because that's when you come to God with your old way of looking at something and he can introduce you to the new way of looking at something. Realizing the deception is the beginning of deciding if you want to follow the new way with Jesus or continue to accept the dysfunction that the enemy has been offering you. You don't have to live with anxiety. Jesus has a new way of peace and trust that you can follow and be successful in. And you don't have to live with shame. Jesus has a new way of love and trust that you can follow. None of us were created to live under the oppression of the enemy's deception. The new way in Jesus Christ is the most natural way for you to live. Your spirit aligned with his. Your mind and your body coming into alignment as you learn how to walk in it. No more excuses for dysfunction to remain. So what have you been listening to? Take time to consider that. There's billions of TV shows, podcasts, music artists, experts. What are the fruit of those voices? Seriously consider. Do the voices you listen to exemplify integrity and honesty Do they have successful relationships? Are they genuine and kind? Are they humble and glorifying to God? You have to soberly consider what you want your life to look like and how you want to be remembered, and does the message of those voices that you're listening to align with that? If not, then you need to decide which is more important, who you become or the comfort of the familiar. The diluted and spiritually impoverished voice, voices that are all around us. Who we listen to and, and believe is who we give our attention to, and is ultimately who we worship. Discerning the spirit of voices we listen to is is the key here, and it takes it takes help from the Lord. It takes help from the Holy Spirit. Uh, in John seven twenty four. Jesus says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. So this shows that there is a correct way to make a determination about a situation, person, or message. The word judge in this scripture is is pertaining to investigating, determining. It's not the condemnation type of judge. So our tool for discernment is in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The natural man does not accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man judges all things, But he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And again, in the end of that passage, the spiritual man judges that that word is judge in the context of investigate and determine, not condemn. How do we know God? By his spirit, which is given to you. Whether you've received it or not is up to you. The Holy Spirit is how we discern and determine everything. Receive the Holy Spirit and the deep things of God will be revealed and the truth about the voices in the world will become more obvious. The beauty of this is you can take that step right now. You don't need an expert to educate you. You don't need to save up to afford it. You don't need anyone or anything else to begin receiving revelation and clarity from the Spirit of God. Just as you are receiving salvation in the same way we want to come to God in that that posture. So if if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, and if I'm just here thinking of a prayer in my head, it would be, Jesus Christ, I want to follow your way. Forgive me for choosing lesser ways and words to follow. I receive the Holy Spirit now. Thank you for confirming that I am filled with the Holy Spirit and that I can hear your voice. Show me how to follow you. And we know in Mark eleven twenty four it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So by faith, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now more understanding will come along the way. People of the sp- same Spirit will cross your path and come into your life to edify you, and to testify to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual prosperity will begin to overshadow the worldly ways, and all that you need will be provided by God. Now, I remember a season in my life when I was going to prayer and prophetic ministries almost every week. I was working through a lot of the pain and dysfunction that had accumulated in my life, and so these ministries filled me and encouraged me each week, as I was processing and working through all of that. In the prophetic ministry, I kept getting kind of the same message over and over again. It was coming from different people. It was coming different weeks. And it was always words or pictures about me being joyful, overflowing with joy, dancing for joy, all these kinds of messages. And that was annoying to me. Because I'm sitting in this place, I'm like, okay, cool, I hear you. But when is it actually going to happen? Because I feel sad, depressed, discouraged most of the time. So when does the joy show up? You know where I live. And I was processing through this with the Lord, and and it hit me, receive the joy. Choose to believe that I have what God has given me, essentially change my mind to live in the way the Lord was saying I can live. So I did. I chose to be joyful, even though my circumstances hadn't transformed yet. I realized I don't have to be distracted by the enemy telling me why I need to be sad, hopeless, and fearful. Out of nowhere, I'd be driving to work, I'd be going about my day, and a thought would come that I should be sad. So think of a reason. And I started to see those thoughts and tell them to leave because I'm not buying it anymore. And I know that I have joy. Faith is living in the way God says you can live despite how you feel or what the circumstance looks like. Faith is an action, and it's not a decision that you make one time. I had to push through the sadness multiple times a day and choose hope and joy. And this doesn't mean that my life is a thousand percent joyful all the time or that I've never struggled with being discouraged again, but it is a changing of my mind to embrace receiving the things the Lord says that I have. How do you know what you have? How do you know what God has given you? Read his word, go to his presence, talk with him, listen to him. Over and over, you will find that you have strength, you have joy, you have wisdom, you have patience. Your end is receiving it and allowing your mind to be changed so that you can live like you possess what God has given you. Okay, so you're aware of the deception. You've decided that you want to follow God's new way. You're investigating all the voices you've been listening to and you've accepted the Holy Spirit in you, your x-ray vision to discern what is truth. Now, let's be a little more familiar with what God says about his children. Isaiah 54, 15-17 If anyone attacks you, it is not from me. Whoever assails you will fall before you. Behold, I have created the craftsman who fans the coals into flame, And forges a weapon fit for its task. And I have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me. Ezekiel 34, 15-16 I will tend my flock and make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, Bind up the broken and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and strong I will destroy. I will shepherd them with justice. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-five through twenty-seven. I will also sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And to carefully observe my ordinances. Those are just a few examples, a drop in the bucket of all the things that God has promised you and the way that the Lord says that you are, as He has created you and as He has designed you to live. So find out what He says in His Word, find out about the tools of the Holy Spirit that you have access to. So you can receive life and walk in freedom. Read for yourself about the heart of God and the love that he has for you. This love motivated him to make this way for you to be saved. And to make this way for you to move from dysfunction to functional, healthy image of God. This final part, it may seem like it's not connected. It may seem like a different topic. But I felt the Lord kind of bring this to me. And so I think that it should be in here. So this is talking about a revelation from God on perspectives. When you're listening to God, be aware of this Western culture of being right. There's nothing wrong with pursuing truth, but pursuing it for the purpose of winning a debate or an argument or elevating yourself, that's not the purpose of truth. Don't minimize truth to knowledge. The truth is much more than that. 1 Corinthians 8 1. Now, regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. In the Amplified Translation, it reads, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge concerning this. Knowledge alone makes people self-righteously arrogant, but love, that unselfishly seeks the best for others, builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom. The pursuit of truth should be humble and without external motivations. External situations can inspire our desire for God's truth in that area, but God's truth should not be a tool sought out to soothe your ego or to be leveraged to dominate a conversation. The phrase that I heard when the Lord was kind of unfolding this was, It's not about being right, it's about being right in his presence. So it's a shift of your focus when you're thinking about truth. Receiving revelation from God has nothing to do with being right, and that becomes very clear on a spiritual level. And this is what his wisdom elevates us to, is that that higher level of perceiving and observing. And every time I've had a revelation, it never makes me feel pride. In my experience of receiving revelation from God, it feels like joyful relief because I realize that this revelation allows me to be more successful in pursuing life in God. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy As it says in John 10, 10, the opposite is Jesus came to give life. And before us, we have that choice. Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 16, God is outlining this choice um, before the Israelites. For this commandment I give you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven that you should need to ask, Who will ascend into heaven and get it for us and proclaim it, that we may obey it? And it is not beyond the sea that you should need to ask, Who will cross the sea and get it for us and proclaim it, that we may obey it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may obey it. See, I have set before you today life and goodness, as well as death and disaster. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, statutes, and ordinances so that you may live and increase and the Lord your God may bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. In that moment of revelation, you realize you've been shown the way to step over the snare, the deception, the destruction, and into the goodness God has laid out. With that revelation, you now have the spiritual cheat code that God has always intended you to have and know so that you can live into the fullness of who he has created you to be and, and live in the fullness of who he is. In God's presence, the external influence dissolves, the national debate dissipates, and you realize the topic of this situation has nothing to do with the superficial symptoms or cultural perspectives. It is truly and only life or death. On one side, deception is flashing its self-righteous propaganda, luring people into spiritual death and emotional and physical destruction. On the other side, divine revelation of God's goodness, beautifully laid out in complete clarity. You, as the receiver of this revelation, cannot impede the ascension above the noise, to see everything from God's perspective. When I say everything, I mean everything. I have experienced moments when my spirit was in complete communion and connection with God's Holy Spirit. And I can't remember any of the details, because that's not what I needed to remember. I realized that. But what I will remember for the rest of my life is the feeling and the realization that, Everything made sense. God showed me everything in my life and in my future, like a whole blueprint laid out, and it made complete sense. And I knew God was right. I knew his way was the best, and that I could trust every piece of my life to be in alignment with him. I just need to keep walking with him and toward him. That's joyful relief. Now, does that revelation make me right? In this context of actually talking about revelation it seems silly to think that silly to think i receive revelation from god thank goodness that i'm right his revelation it, it frees us from right and elevates us into faith right and wrong is this worldly shadow that distracts from the highest truth of life and death Don't seek right. Seek life and truth. Knowledge alone makes people self righteously arrogant, but love that unselfishly seeks the best for others builds up and encourages others to grow in wisdom.